Yesterday we had a, a wonderful retreat focused on the theology of the body. Father Anthony Craig from St. Lawrence and Holy Family spoke about the truth, goodness, and beauty of the human person made in male and female. We had Betsy Neepkins here speaking uh, more practical ways about how we create a culture that we can develop good and healthy and holy relationships. It was a wonderful day. We had, I think, 80 or so parents with middle schoolers and high schoolers in the gym, and then probably close to that many kids that were there for child care because of all the kids of the parents. It was truly something beautiful. And what one thing that Betsy pointed out, she said, how do we help families thrive? How do we help families thrive? Because in the world today, they're not going to thrive out there. We have to create an oasis, a place where families can and do thrive. And so when we're talking in these weeks about uh, abundance and an attitude of generous stewardship, it's all about creating this parish and this school so that it can be a place where families will thrive. So last week in the bulletin, I actually put in each of them the spreadsheet. And I didn't put it in the bulletin this week, but there's a copies here and copies in the back. If you did not get one of these, otherwise I put it in our email blast. And again, I'm just asking you to be intentional about your giving. To intentionally pick a percentage from the beginning of your year and month and to give that both to diocese, to the school and parish, and to other charitable um, groups that you would like to support. It's been very helpful for a lot of people, um, they've said. Jesus today says, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live and you will live. Another place Jesus says something very kind of thought-provoking. He says, it's better that I go. It's better that I go. Why is that? Well, 2,000 years ago, Jesus was on this earth for 33 years and in one small portion of a piece of land on this entire planet. So think of the extent, the time of creation, all those thousands of years. And think about all the miles, square miles of all the earth. Jesus was, for such a limited place and time, present physically as man. But by ascending to the Father, he sends his Spirit. And by sending his Spirit, he can be everywhere and all at once. He sends his Holy Spirit so he can be present to all of us at all times, and in every way. Jesus says in another place, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. We call this the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the most blessed Trinity in the soul. Because we can speak of God's presence in a number of different ways. First and foremost, his imminence. 
God's imminence means that he created the world and he sustains it. He is everywhere. God is everywhere. So much so that if he didn't intentionally keep us all existing and the world existing, snap of the figures, we would all just cease to exist like that. So God is everywhere. He is present everywhere, no matter what your relationship is to Christ or to him. But there's, again, a more important relationship and presence that God offers us, and that's his indwelling, that he can actually make us a home, that he can make us a tabernacle. He can actually live within us. It's similar to the idea of a builder who builds a house. A builder can build the house. He is the creator of the house, and the house is there. Not any real substantial relationship between the builder and the house. It's another thing for that builder to actually move into the house. To sleep there, to eat his food, to raise a family, to abide in that house. Make that house a dwelling, his home. So while God does exist everywhere and is present everywhere, It's in his sons and daughters through the Holy Spirit that he actually comes to dwell within each and every one of us. That indwelling is a saving presence, such a real presence that if we die in that presence with Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwelling, we will be with him forever in heaven. We call that sanctifying grace, theological virtue of charity in the soul. We're alive, spiritually alive, and if we die in that state, that'll be heaven forever. The alternative is separation from God for all eternity in hell. And so we want, we want to appreciate that saving presence of God, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Twice today Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Boys and girls, um, we have Mother's Day today. And so it's very important that we honor our mothers and we love them. It's one thing for a child to say, Mom, I love you, and five minutes later to not listen to them, go do your own thing when they ask you to clean your room or take out the garbage or not listen, right? There's a connection between obedience, following mom's rules, and loving her. You can't just pay her lip service, boys and girls. It's about being obedient to their commands. The same thing goes with God. How many people, how many Christians, how many Catholics say, Oh, I love God. We don't see him at Mass. They're not loving their neighbor. They're not being kind. They're not helping the poor. How can they truly love the Lord if they do not follow his commandments? The connection of loving God and keeping his commandments When we love him, the saving presence of Christ and God is in our souls. If we do not love him through serious sin, that presence leaves us. God's abiding saving presence leaves us. There is no longer the saving indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. Again, we receive the Holy Spirit returns to the soul in that saving presence through the simple act of going to confession. No matter what we've done, no matter what we did, no matter how long we've been away, by confessing to the Lord, God's saving presence comes again to make his home within us. 
the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us orphans. Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? In Scripture, we see the Holy Spirit, although the Holy Spirit is one, the Holy Spirit has many different effects. The Holy Spirit does many different things. We see that the Holy Spirit makes people a new creation. We see the Holy Spirit allows the apostles and disciples to speak boldly, to be courageous in living and proclaiming the faith. We see that the Holy Spirit allows the apostles to lead, to govern with authority, to be guided into truth. We see that the Holy Spirit is for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus appears to the apostles and he breathes on them the Holy Spirit and he says, Peace be with you, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. And we see through the Holy Spirit a lot of healing. So the Holy Spirit does all these various things. And the Holy Spirit continues to do all these things. In a sense, you can look at all the seven sacraments, and the seven sacraments can be distinguished as various ways that the Holy Spirit acts and what the Holy Spirit does. Through baptism, we become a new creation. Through confirmation, we receive the Holy Spirit to be soldiers of Jesus Christ, to withstand persecution, to be faithful, to endure whatever it may be, even to the point of death. We see in the sacrament of confession, the Holy Spirit brings forgiveness of sins. And in healing, in the sacrament of anointing of the sick, and so on. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus has ascended to heaven, but he has not left us orphans. He sends us his Holy Spirit. Too many of us, too many Christians and Catholics, still live as orphans, though. We have many of the same anxieties, and we're stressed, and we have all these fears, and we're acting and giving in to those anxieties and fears just as much as the pagans out in the world. But you are not orphans. Jesus has come to you through the Holy Spirit. We must trust in the power of the sacraments, the Eucharist, which you get to receive here. Jesus gives you the strength and nourishment. He gives you the sacrament again in confirmation. How many of us have really tapped into the grace of our confirmation in which we were made firm and bold and courageous? Finally, just a word about Mother's Day in particular. Today is a day we give thanks to God for our mothers. And specifically in the theme of my words today, yes, the Lord gave you life through your mother, all of you, but most everyone here was brought to that font by your mother. It was being brought to that font that you received the Holy Spirit. Your mother brought you to the Holy Spirit. Your mother allowed you to receive God's very own divine life and love. All of us have had various degrees of maybe of goodness or um, capabilities of our mothers. None of that matters. Your mother brought you to the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter whether you liked her or not. Today you praise, we give praise to God, to your mother, that she brought you to the font, had you baptized, and allowed you to receive the Holy Spirit. 
It was through your mother that no longer are you orphans, but you became sons and daughters of God the Father. Jesus came to you. And this is no small thing, boys and girls, all of you sitting here, having received the Holy Spirit at your baptism, thankful to your mothers for doing that. Praise your mothers for that great gift. Your mothers, I'm sure, continue to pray for you. They continue to love you in so many different ways. And so today is an honor we give thanks, a day we give thanks to God for our mothers. Whether they're alive or have passed before us. And so in a very particular way, I ask all of us at this time to pray in Hail Mary for our mother. And thanksgiving to God for bringing us to the font of baptism and for the Holy Spirit. So boys and girls, join with me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In a special way, those mothers that have died, that they may be rewarded for all their good that they have done for us. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed to the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen.